If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends. But overwhelm, fear, and doubt keep holding you back. But this is your life and your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So we are on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is episode 44 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. And this is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. We know what it's like to want a great marriage, but you're not quite sure where to start. So every week, we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we have a whole lot of fun and laughter along the way. Oh, yeah. On the show today, we have legendary couple Josh and Crystal Traver, and they're going to share how they come together when the challenges of life never seem to let up. Yeah, they found a way to thrive in their marriage through a life or death surgery, bankruptcy, career crisis, a miscarriage, and even moving in with the parents. Yeah, we we know a few things about... Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been through some of that stuff, haven't we? I Unfortunately, yes. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just eight years of infertility and endless surgeries. I'm not quite sure I remember how many I've had, but... It's in the double digits. I know. I feel like I was always under the knife too. So, But I never had a life and death surgery kind of a situation. But um, you know what? I need to confess to the audience here. I kind of like being under the meds of having surgery. I I like you being on those meds too, except, except <laughs> for the like day and a half or two days it takes you to to uh, sober up afterwards. I know. I'm not Danielle a, gets the crazy eyes from <gasps> from uh, narcotics. I do get the crazy eyes because I'm not used to it. And then I have this weird hissing that just comes out of me because they pump you through like a, (laughs) they pump a bunch of air into you when you have surgery. And then like, I'll just be laying there and then I'm just going, it's super weird. Mm, Let's just hope the filter takes that noise out because that was disturbing. Yeah, that was disturbing. But you know what? Eventually after eight years, miracle of all miracles. Thank you, Jesus. We did become parents and um, we had our sweet little miracle alley girl who's about to turn six here in a few weeks. You know, it makes me think we all want to be great parents, right? But we worry if we're doing things right and hoping that we're not adding too much fodder for their future Mm. therapy sessions. But as it turns out, being a legendary parent may be simpler than you think. So go ahead and check out our free resource, Five Practices of Legendary Parents at legendarymarriage.com slash parents. Today on the show, we have Josh and Crystal Traver, and they are going to share how even in the dark times of their life together, they drew even closer to each other and to God. Crystal and Josh have been married for 10 years and live in the San Francisco Bay Area, but... Good news, they're moving back to Austin. Woohoo! And they love Jesus, people, and hope to introduce the people they love to the Jesus they love. Yeah, you know, remember we met Josh and Crystal about eight years ago when we went to see your favorite author, John Eldridge. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Well, John and Stacy. They Stacey, were new in town then. 
Josh and Crystal were. They were new to town, and they had gone with a group of friends that we went with, and they kind of we didn't went, know anybody. We went to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And they kind of come for dessert after the the, the talk, show. Mm-hmm. And... And we were like these new people. We don't know. We don't know much about them. But yeah, come on. We'd love to meet you. Hang out. And I remember driving home afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, I hope we get to be friends with them. Yeah, I'm just so thankful that Josh and Crystal are just being vulnerable enough to share about the times in life that are definitely not showing up on our news feeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, for them, the hard stuff was what made them even stronger. So let's just welcome to the show, Josh and Crystal Traver. All right, so we are joined today on the podcast by Crystal and Josh Traver. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. All right, and so they are our California friends, and you know what? They are moving back to Austin, and how lucky are we that they're coming back? That's amazing. Yes. Austin is like a magnet. Like, you can't get away from it. Nope. You try to, but it pulls you back in because it's so because it's so awesome. Now you guys are racers. You, I'm always impressed by the stuff they're posting on Facebook about like, you know, mud races and marathons. Okay. So what's your latest race? Probably our latest one. So we, um, there's a company called Spartan that puts on various lengths of races. And um, if you do all three various lengths within a year, they put that together and call that the trifecta. So it's just a, it's kind of a prestigious award where you hit a certain amount of races and you do that within the calendar year. They give you, you know, a special medal and, and a cool t-shirt, I suppose. So our, our final one is coming up here in the, uh, the end of, um, actually coming up pretty soon. It's almost the end of September will be our last so, one for this away? year. Yeah. Are you both trifecta-ers? Um, I was sidelined due to some health issues. Otherwise, I would have been a trifecta. Oh, dang. Dang. So now Josh is going to wear the medal and you're you're not going to get one. Man. Not this year, but next year I'm going to try again. That's good. That's good. Um, So how long have y'all been married? As of this coming Saturday, the 16th, it will be 11 years. Wow, you're coming right up on an anniversary. Perfect. Make a note on that. Oh yeah, make a note. Um, so here's a here's a thought. I'm always curious to hear about how did you meet and fall in love. That's a good question. Um, we both had various answers. Just say it depends on who you ask. We 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 have adopted, I guess, a mutual agreeable storyline. Um, <laughs> The long, the long and the short of it is, and Crystal will fill in and embellish, uh, is certainly that we met through a mutual friend when we were both living in San Diego, and um, it was a quick get-together relationship, you know, sparks flew, and no, okay. <laughs> and you should probably fill in the rest, because that was my version, but... All right, Crystal, I want to hear the embellished version. So, my friend, um, my friend Matt told me he met a guy named Josh at a prayer class he took at our church and that he thought I would be like, I would hit it off with him. Um, after six months of saying no to Matt, um, I got an email one day from a guy I didn't know named Josh. And he was like, Hey, Matt gave me all of your information and said, we should get together. <laughs> so I avoided him for another three months. Um, very diligently. Yeah. yeah. Refused to meet him in person. Um, but finally invited him to 
um, a housewarming party that a friend of ours was throwing and um, he showed up much to my surprise. I didn't think he was going to show up at a place where all of my friends were. Um, and we hadn't officially met in person yet, but I saw him in the dining room talking to another friend and I looked at him and I knew instantly he was my husband. Like I just knew the minute I saw him that we were going to get married. Um, it didn't happen quite right away. There's, um, we dated and then we broke up and then we kind of had this weird in between and then we dated again and then, um, eventually got married a couple years after we met each other. So Mm, so Matt was right after all that time. Yes. He was running around our wedding going, I did this, yeah. I did this. <laughs> you, should give, you should give Matt a medal for putting that together. He's, He's, running, racing. He's running the trifecta with Josh or the, the Spartan race with Josh. He took my entry fee, so... Oh my goodness. So he's, he's still, he's still a guy in your life. That's good. That's a good guy to keep around right there. All right. So what, so you've been married 11 years. And so, you know, I'm sure you've gone through some ups and downs in those times. When's the time would like you felt like you were firing on all cylinders? Um, I think we actually discussed this um, a lot lately as we're kind of deciding about Austin or not to Austin and, um, Really, I think we've we both agree that right now seems to be a time where we're just firing on all cylinders. We we seem to be kind of in sync when it comes to our prayer life and I guess the next steps for our relationship and for you know our lives together and um, kind of moving forward. New adventure back to Austin, um, new opportunities with work. So it seems like this has really been a I'd say probably the last what like year or so. It's been really very fluid and and uh, just really invigorating. I think. Yeah, it's a good way to say it. What do you mean about an in sync prayer life? Curious about that. Um, I think it has a lot to do with um, like we're both really at a place where we're seeking God for the same things, right? Both individually and corporately together. Where sometimes I'll have been praying for something for a couple of weeks and mention it to Josh just kind of offhandedly. And he'll be like, Oh yeah, I was totally praying for that too the other day. And, mm-hmm. and so then we'll like start praying for it uh, together, you know? And um, it's just about, it's about um, just wanting the same things at this point in time. Right. You know, we're really trying hard to pay off debt. We have a lot of student loan debt we're trying to get rid of. Right. We want to buy a house. It's the first time we've both felt like we were in a place that buying a house was the right move for us. Um, we're both in a good place career wise and seeking the same things. And, um, yeah, so that's, we just feel like we're really in sync right now on those like major topics. Yeah. It can be so painful, man. When you feel out of sync, when you're like not on the same page, it's like, why is this so awkward and hard? (laughs) What do you mean? We've never been there. Um, yeah, nope, never. Nobody's ever, ever been like that. So obviously there's been some downtimes too. So what's, what do you think is maybe one of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in married life? Oh boy, there's been, there's been a few of them. Um, I was very sick when we first um, started dating and when we got married, um, I ended up was sick for about 10 years, um, had to go through 13 surgeries. Um, during this point in time in the first year of our marriage, um, we miscarried um, and four months into the pregnancy, um, our only baby. 
um, had to have a hysterectomy after that. Um, and after several more surgeries, um, my last surgery was on January 1st, 2009, but they weren't sure that I would survive it. Um, it was a procedure that would only was only supposed to take about three hours and it ended up taking over eight. Um, um, so that, I guess, you know, major health issues. Um, also, you know, we met in San Diego when we were living there. We were well. Just about this, about the health issues. Like, how was um, how was your marriage affected by all the the um, you know bad health reports and surgeries and all that? Well, definitely, I think that. I mean, that getting that kind of news where it's it's you know something where the one person may not survive a procedure. Um, I mean, that's just it, it makes you kind of get to the core of like, okay, what's what's important and things that you know, really weren't important, started just to fade out, you know, some of the other obligations we put into our lives, um, you know, kind of faded off and it just became a very succinct, very, you know, laser focus on, okay, we're just going to get through this procedure. We're going to get through this test. We're going to move forward. Um, of course, you know, outside of just the kind of the extra stress of, of going through that, um, you know, they also had the financial aspect of it. So being a newly, uh, newly married couple with a business that we're trying to run at the same time, that was also kind of failing. Um, you know, we had a lot of debt from medical. We still, I think, still have a little bit of medical debt years later. I mean, this is 10 plus years later. Um, so, you know, all that kind of just came together to make it a really challenging thing to go through when it comes to health. And, um, you know, really, thankfully, I think we, we made a good decision uh, at the time. It didn't feel like it, but we chose to uh, move to Iowa closer to Crystal's family um, and really get some support from them. And that really helped where, you know, she could rest, her mom could take care of her, I could work and, uh, and of course, you know, go to and from doctor's appointments and everything. So um, I think even, even through that stressful time with health, you know, there was, there was good family support and that's definitely one of the things that kept us moving through it. Yeah, we really learned to just approach um, even the simplest of things with gratitude, right? Like we, um, we celebrate our anniversary every month now because of that, just because we're grateful for another month of being married and being in a good relationship and being together and having our faith and, um, you know, just taking time every day to, to give thanks and have gratitude for the things that we do have and um, just to celebrate life for what it is. It's crazy and it's messy and it's hard, but it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah. You touched on, you mentioned your, your faith, your shared faith. And, and I'm just curious, how does your faith, what's the role it really plays in your marriage? Um, I think it's really the thing that's kept us together. Um, I think without our individual faith and our corporate faith, um, I don't think that we could have survived what we've gone through. Um, you know, for several years, it was like, it was just one thing after another and just having the solid foundation knowing that we weren't facing it alone, knowing that there, there is, you know, um, that there is a God that's working everything out for our good and his glory, that he's faithful to us in all of his promises that, um, you know, just that, just that if, if things didn't go the way we were hoping, and if for some reason I wouldn't be able 
to live life anymore with Josh, that, that there was something to look forward to beyond that. Did you ever think there was a, did you ever have a time where you're like, God, this stinks. I didn't sign up for all this and that better or worse, but it seems like there's a lot of worse. Yeah. A lot of of that was going on, you know, absolutely. I think one of the things that I, one of the biggest lessons I learned was that God could handle my anger and that God could handle, handle my frustration and that God could handle my disappointment and my hurt and like he could handle it. His shoulders are strong enough and, um, and that's not to be afraid to feel those feelings and to not be afraid to talk to him about those feelings um, and invite him into that space too, right? Because, you know, sometimes people try to separate God from the negative um, that's going on and just learning that he wants to be in it in the middle of it with me and I don't have to do it alone. Um, but there's many, many times where um, the only thing I can do is like lay on the bathroom floor and cry or lay in bed and just cry Abba, Abba, Abba over and over and over again. And that's all I could have the strength to do. And, um, you know, God really met us in those moments. It sounds like for the most part in your health issues, it sounds like it brought you closer together more than anything. Was there ever um, a time when it caused more like friction or issue between the two of you? Yeah, I think, um, I think especially after our miscarriage, um, I think that's probably where we felt the most discord where um, obviously it, it was difficult for Josh and he was grieving, but we were just doing it in such different ways that we both felt so incredibly alone and distanced from each other. Um, and it took, I think it took several years for that to really like for us to find healing for that part um, of our relationship, because I just had felt um, like so alone. And I felt like Josh had abandoned me in my grief and, um, and certainly and he was feeling the pressure and the burden to try and be strong and to try to continue to have faith and um, to try to continue to like um, provide and, and lend me his strength when um, uh, and I just, you know, I think we just felt so alienated from each other through that. That's interesting. You said you both grieve in different ways and, you know, so it kind of made you feel alone. Josh, what is your, what is your grieving look like? Uh, usually for me, my grieving is kind of putting my energy towards um, something that, that I know will, you know, in this case, benefit us both. So during that, shortly after the loss of our child, um, you know, we moved very quickly to Iowa and um, I became kind of like the sole you know, uh, income earner. And so for me, it was just all about, okay, you know, taking that pain and working through it, but at the same time, really focusing on just, you know, figuring out what kind of work I can do because we were in in rural Iowa. And so my skills of real estate weren't really going to apply too well in that area. So I, you know, I started working in a a meatpacking facility, driving a forklift. And and so my grieving process in this case was really just kind of to to put my energy into something I know would, would help us and would provide us the chance to, to really, I guess, get back on our feet and to heal. Um, but then I think the, the real work for me was years later, as Crystal was saying, where we started actually talking about it, you know, how, you know, how it really affected me because I was, I was pretty silent in that area and uh, she was in a lot of pain. So 
Um, she worked through it very, very openly, whereas I was just kind of like silently working through it. And, and um, you know, so really just having that time after we got to a place where the family was kind of rebuilt and we had financial stability a little bit and, uh, you know, just being able to sit down and talk about it and say, okay, this is, this is how I felt. This is how I feel now about it. And, um, you know, all throughout that time, God just kind of worked and healed, healed my heart and healed Crystal's heart and brought us back to a good place together. Yeah, I think that's a real challenge too when um, couples approach things in such a different way. You're just, you know, getting your work done and silently going about it. And, you know, Crystal's got a sober face out on the floor. And it's like, it couldn't look more different than those two pictures. But yet, um, that's what you had to do. And that's what you had to do. And so good that y'all came together. And I'm just curious, was there a moment where you realized like whoa, we're like going further and further apart here. Like what the heck is going on? It's probably one of the times where I was most angry. Um, it was not only after a miscarriage, but after um, I had to have the hysterectomy as well, effectively like removing any ability for me to ever have children. Um, where I was just so angry. Um, one night I, I stayed up all night and I packed all of Josh's stuff. And so when he woke up in the morning, I was just like, you're leaving, you're going home, we're getting a divorce, here's all your stuff, you're going to go. Because I was so angry and I just felt like, like he had made a mistake in picking me, like, and that, mm. that he couldn't stay with me because I couldn't give him, because I couldn't give him the life that I felt he deserved. And so I, I told him, that we were getting a divorce because he needed to have a chance to have a whole and perfect wife. Hmm. Um, and, and what was that like for you that moment, Josh, when your things are packed and well, I'm pretty stubborn. So <laughs> I think I, I looked at her lovingly and said, Nope, sorry, <laughs> not going anywhere. Um, and just, yeah, just unpacked. And I think she objected for a little while, but, uh, you know, she could tell that, that I was resolved and I was like, no, anywhere. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I had never seen my life without her. So that wasn't, that wasn't an option, no matter what, you know, health issues she was going through or whether we could have kids or not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an option. It still isn't. So, um, yeah. I love that just talking to the two of you, the words that keep coming to mind are safety and security. I don't know that it, it seems like no matter what comes up, there's that feeling of it's going to be okay. It's going to be safe because you're, I, I'm here for you and you're here for me. And that's end of the story. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Like that is it. <laughs> that is the story. I've heard that you have, you've had, if that wasn't enough, you know, mis dealing with miscarriage and grieving that and crazy health problems where you didn't think you'd make it. Um, you faced other challenges as well. Yeah. Um, I think for us, a lot of it has been surrounding uh, finances uh, for many years um, ever since I think that point about within the first year of marriage and uh, us kind of wrapping up our real estate business and, and having to basically liquidate everything in that business. Um, I think since that point, you know, going through surgeries and medical debt and filing bankruptcy, and uh, it's just been, 
Uh, it's been a slow kind of grind to get back into a good financial standing. And, and uh, certainly we haven't arrived at all um, to that, that, that finish line, but certainly we're, we're making good headway and, and God is, as we've been faithful um, with our resources and faithful with our time, you know, we've seen God really start to chip away at some of that, that burden, that challenge of finances. And he's provided us amazing jobs out here in California. And it seems like every time we, we have moved, because we've actually moved, what now, how many times? One, two, four times? This would be our fifth time where we've done a major move, not just down the street. Um, God has really blessed us uh, as a couple uh, financially every time that we've taken that step of faith and we've continued to show, you know, that we can, we can be good stewards of his resources. Um, but certainly it's been a challenge and, and still is, I mean, to this day, it still is challenging at times to figure out, okay, you know, how, how can we make this work financially? Um, so that's, I think, one of the other huge things that we've had to kind of work through and, and just kind of, um, learn how to, how to overcome in a marriage. Yeah. And so what would you say to other couples that are going through something heart-wrenching or something difficult or a loss or a disappointment? What advice would you have for them? Um, I, I think really two big things in my mind, and I definitely knew you have some to add as well, but you know, for us, it's all been, it's all been about um, communicating um, not only communicating just to each other, but in prayer, um, both separately and together as a couple, have been just the difference maker for any challenge that we face. So that would be my my two suggestions: is just communicate, um, you know, in a loving, you know, kind way, uh, as well as just to pray, you know, pray together, pray separately. Yeah, just don't be afraid to feel the feelings. You know, that's one of the biggest lessons that I. took away from it and one of the big pieces of advice um, I always give is don't be afraid to feel the feelings and you know God's not afraid of your feelings and and you shouldn't be afraid of them either just don't get stuck there you know feel the feelings work through them find a constructive way to work through them Um, if you need help ask for help people love you people want to help you don't have to do it alone Yeah, that's a good point, um, Crystal, that you make about you don't have to do it alone. Like through all these challenges that you've um, already kind of tackled in your marriage, what role have friends or family or just your community around you? What does that look like in those tough times? Yeah, we are. um, We're extremely grateful to have um, friends and family who really, really like supported us through a lot. Um, Josh mentioned we moved back with my mom. Um, in Iowa and um, you know she gave up a lot of her time to help take care of me after um, I think it was like five surgeries in a 13-month period Um, she gave up a lot of her time to help take care of me Um, a lot of her friends would do things like bake casseroles and bring them over and fill our fridge and fill our freezer with food so that we didn't have to worry about cooking and um, you know, living in Austin, we have, uh, we had a great community of friends and people that, um, really like would help us, would help us out, you know, like offering Josh handyman jobs so he could get a little extra cash in his pocket. And more than one occasion, we had girlfriends who would show up with bags of groceries for us and, you know, just really trying to fill the practical need, um, so that we didn't feel like we were doing it alone. 
Yeah, that's like, oh, man, that's amazing. I bet you our listeners out there are thinking, I wish I had some of that, <laughs> you know, not because not everybody does have that. You said yeah. you're so blessed to have those people yeah. in your lives. Um, also, what would you say to those friends or family members who have someone in their life that's going through something tough? What should you say or not say or do or not do? Uh, don't try to fix it for them. Um, we had lots of well-meaning people who would try to fix things for us and, um, you know, don't try to fix it, but, um, find the practical need that can be filled. This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Legendary Marriage Intensive. Rediscover the heart of your marriage. If you love each other, but you've lost heart, then it's time for the Legendary Marriage Intensive. A beautiful mountain lodge, three days of clarity, purpose, adventure, and renewing your love for each other as you forge friendships and transform your marriage forever. We'll help you look at the story of your relationship with fresh eyes so that you can fall in love all over again. You'll resolve some of those long-standing and recurring challenges and craft a clear, fresh vision for the next season of your marriage and your family. Oh, and you'll have some epic adventure in the mountains and romantic night on the town. It's deep, rich learning, adventure, and plenty of laughs as you work on transforming your marriage and family forever. It's October 19th through the 22nd in Breckenridge, Colorado. We have limited space, so find out more. And apply at legendarymarriage.com slash intensive. And now back to our interview with Josh and Crystal Traver. I'm going back to one of those things that Josh said too, and he said, y'all pray together on a regular basis. Now I've heard, you know, and we have trouble with this sometimes too, is just like, you know, it feels weird or it feels like, you know, you don't always make time for it and you're not quite sure it's, you're kind of nervous and, you know, things like that. What advice would you have for those that aren't quite sure about how to pray together? Uh, let's see. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we have like a formal way of, of praying together, to be honest. Um, you know, certainly we try to do a few, few key things. Um, so I guess our advice might be to then um, be diligent and just say, okay, let's, let's set aside this time and just, and make uh, almost like a, um, you know, almost, yeah, not a ritual, that'd be the word to say, but basically mm-hmm. a routine out of it. So, you know, for example, I think we, you know, we tend to uh, pray, you know, definitely, you know, during meals or um, we pray you know, before we go to bed and just kind of, we just try to like almost make it a time where we can connect, talk about our day, pray, lift up anything that's still on our minds. Um, that way we can kind of just come together at the end of the day and, and rest well and not be, you know, milling over a bunch of stuff on our minds. Um, so I guess just setting up a, a routine, something that, that you both can stick to. And, I don't know. For me, I'm not really good with routine. I'm not really good with like doing the same thing at the same time every single day. Like, like Josh works like clocks and I totally don't. It's totally opposite for me. Um, so for me, it's, um, just adding in prayer to something that we're doing on a daily basis anyway. So, um, Josh is really great about getting up in the morning and having his prayer time and writing in his journal. Um, I can't get up earlier enough to save my life. Like I know I need 35 minutes to get ready to go to work and that's, (laughs) that's what I do. I get up 35 minutes before I got to go to work. Um, but I shower every morning. So every morning while I'm in the shower, I'm also praying and talking to God. Um, 
every night before we go to bed, you know, where we brush our teeth and I wash my face and then we lay in bed and chat for a few minutes. And so we'll pray during that time too. Um, just because it's something that we're doing. Um, we know that we're going to do it and we know that we're going to be in that space together. And, um, it's just, you know, trying to fit prayer in, in the spaces that you can, um, I like how you're just saying, be realistic about it, Crystal. Yeah. Like, know yeah. yourself and know that for the love of Pete, I am not getting up more than 35 minutes before I have to walk out the door. It's just not happening. I love you, Jesus, and I'll pray on the way to work. Like, it's just be real about what you're actually going to commit to. And I love how Josh said, I think probably a lot of our men um, can resonate with like it almost sounds strategic the way that Josh put it out there. He was strategic like strategic prayer. Yeah. He was like, so it. we debrief the day and that's kind of like a debrief and a prayer, but also a plan for tomorrow. Like it was it, prayer, but strategic. That's a good idea. Okay. Oh, I'm going to roll that into, into the evening time. <laughs> that's just kind of what it sounded like. See, guys don't call it quiet time or prayer time. We call it, the daily strategy session. Right. See, there you go. That's yeah. true. You do call it the daily it strategy is. session. It is. Wow. Everyone so, will be laying in bed and Josh will be like, do you need to sashay tonight? <laughs> the sashay check-in. Woohoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll include that in the show notes too. It's always a good one, the sashay check-in. Right. So we've been talking about your story and just the ups and downs and... I'm I'm so curious. What's the big, crazy dream or the vi- the vision that you guys are going after right now? I mean, I know th- I know you're talking about moving halfway across the country and things like that, but but like the big thing, because <laughs> we know there is one. Just knowing the two of you, I'm sure there's something. Yeah, there there is one. We um. One of the things that is really driving us um, to like want to be debt free so much is that um, we really want and feel led to um, like be financially involved in multiple different um, charitable organizations, um, organizations that um, support children in particular um, is where we really feel called. Um, and at some point in time, um, I think we been a while since we've talked about it but I know it's been back in the back of both of our minds but at some point in time we would really love to um, work directly with kids and um, potentially even start orphanages Um, Mm -hmm. so that's really that's what drives us at this point yeah wow starting an orphanage that's a pretty big deal (laughs) Dustin you knew they were going to have a big deal but I, I didn't well, know it was going to be that. that I, I didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal. Jeez, ooh, that's awesome, you guys. Um, so you so know, so right now, I'm calling it. Okay, he's calling it. Da, 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 da. When the orphanage opens, will you guys come back on the show? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Whoa, he just yeah, laid that down. Like. Um, the name we were going to name, um, I'm pretty sure that our child was a boy. And so we picked out the name Jabin, which um, in the Old Testament is a Hebrew name and it means God's own. Um, and so that's what we're going to call our orphanages. They're going to be Jabin's house. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. They even have a name for it already. 
Hey, getting the name is half the battle. I know. Um, so you are on the legendary marriage podcast. So we've got to ask you, what do you guys think other than all the other gold nuggets you've dropped? Um, what do you think it takes to build a legendary marriage? Communication. Communication. And in addition to that, uh, it's really just staying curious about each other. I think too, is a big part and just have, have fun with it. You know, Crystal mentioned earlier about how we started almost at a necessity to celebrate monthly because uh, we didn't know health wise, um, you know, how well she was going to fare each, uh, each year. So we started celebrating things and just life in general every month, if not more frequent than that. Um, so I think, you know, just what's led to our, our marriage being successful is just kind of just continually dating and having fun. And I know people say that quite a bit, but it's just, it's true. It's really just kind of, you know, discovering more things about each other. And I think, um, it's important to, um, to choose what kind of marriage you want to have, to choose what kind of relationship with that you want to have. And, um, it's not something that you're a, a passive participant in. It's not something that just happens. It's you have to make a decision and then you have to take action to um, continually work to fulfill that decision. And uh, it takes commitment. It takes, um, you know, the, uh, the desire to, um, to not give up, right? Because it would be easy for us to just say, we're busy this month you know, let's, let's skip our monthly celebration, right? It's not that big of a deal, but then um, how many months do you do that in a row? And suddenly like, it's been two years since you celebrated it or something like that, right? It's, it's the commitment. It's the, um, the decision to really decide what kind of marriage you want to have. And then to, to do the things to have that kind of marriage. I love that. And I love what Josh said about just having fun and like going yeah. out on dates. So here's my, here's my question. We're always looking for fun dates, aren't we, honey? I am always looking for fun dates <laughs> with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, what's your favorite fun date? And then we'll ask Crystal. Well, we're, we're definitely big foodies. So we are all about finding fun places to go, get a good meal, have some wine. Um, outside of that, let's see, what else do we really like to do well we're, we're in the bay area so i'd say anything on or near the water has been a lot of fun so sailing or um gosh what else just sitting out like on a, on a patio deck sipping some wine and watching watching the ocean or the fog roll in just you know i think that's been really enjoyable since we've been here in the bay area that sounds great and pretty much just anything with wine i hear i hear that theme just wine we're good. <laughs> How about you, Crystal? What's your ideal date? I really love cars. And so when we've got like car shows going on in local areas, it's really fun to do that as a date night. Um, like you said, we're big foodies, love to go out and try new restaurants. Um, I, okay, this kind of sounds dorky, I know, but I love to go on Groupon and see what they have like in the activities tab for like special deals and stuff. And sometimes it's like two for the price of one, like bike rentals. And so you can like bike across the Golden Gate Bridge or two for one whale watching. And so we'll go on a boat and go whale watching for an afternoon or, um, so you can give really, you know, it's, there's some really interesting things that we've gotten to do that we would not have ordinarily done. Um, 
So that's always fun. a good tip for finding a date. Just get on Groupon and see what happens. Groupon. I'm always, rocks. I'm also a fan of the entertainment book too. Oh my gosh. That's kind of like the old school version of Danielle, Groupon. Danielle, 1987 called. They want their. <laughs> hey, I still have an entertainment book. They have an app now, you know. That's awesome. You see what I have to deal with here? (laughs) Well, Josh and Crystal, thanks so much for being on the show with us. And um, is there any way that our listeners can find you if they want to, you know, shout out and give you some love? Um, Yeah, both on Facebook, Crystal Traver, Josh Traver. Um, You can also find me on Instagram. Crystal M. Traver is my Insta handle. Um, Yep, mine's Josh TRB, I think. All, I find. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll include all that goodness in the show notes so yeah. that you can find them and show them some love. And um, man, we're excited for you to uh, get heading to Austin where it's, where it's yeah. happening. So thanks so much yeah. for being on the show, you two. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I love Josh and Crystal's commitment to each other and the way they just hold each other safe and and stand for each other through everything. And, um, you know, I really love how they talked about having a regular practice of prayer and gratitude. And so we want to make that this week's challenge. Grab your spouse's hand sometime tonight and pray aloud. Just thank God for one another. Uh, because through every storm, you stand together. Then come and join the conversation and our free community on Facebook. It's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming your marriage from ordinary to legendary. That's right. You can search for the Legendary Marriage Group on Facebook or find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can also find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 044. Don't forget to jump on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.